go live on YouTube also? Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. This is Winning Cures Everything, all that kind of mess. I went through this whole shindig. We'll kind of restart it to let you know. Winning Cures Everything, every day, 10 to 15 minutes, sports show. We talk about anything that is entertaining in uh, basically men's world, right? Uh, Andy Ruiz defeats Anthony Joshua. The NBA Finals are tied one-to-one, so we're going to talk about the Raptors and the Warriors. We're going to talk about Gerald McCoy signing with the Panthers and what that means. And Habib Nurmagomedov is back. He's fighting Dustin Poirier at UFC 242. Uh, We're going to talk about that and whether boxing is trying to overtake uh, UFC, etc., etc. The show, as always, brought to you by betnow.eu. Go check it out for yourself. It's a badass online sports book. They've got great odds, a great layout, everything you're looking for, perfect for recreational gamblers. So go check it out yourself, betnow.eu. You use promo code winning. 50, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. You can see it right at the bottom of the screen, betnow.eu. Go check it out. Chris, how are you, my brother? I'm good, my man. Things are going well, I believe. Yeah. Busy, <laughs> running. That's good, though. No, it's definitely good. It's definitely good. We're uh, we're staying busy. Both of us got jobs that are uh, keeping us to the grindstone, obviously. They pay, they so pay the bills, though. They, they definitely pay the bills. So we, we need them. Uh, if this thing blew up to where we had, you know, a million listeners a day, yeah, that'd be fine. If I you mean, people it, will tell your friends exactly. You so could, uh, share you it out. Gary and I that's that we have to uh, work day jobs. We average about uh, five hundred viewers a day between all of our platforms. If yep. every one of those shared it out, just with one other person. Well, not just shared it out, but like made one other person Ma- listen to you it. You make on a one other basis. person listen, whether it's on the podcast, on yeah, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is. You make one other person listen. You all good on that? Like it's, right. I'm telling you, you would you would quadruple what we're doing. It'd be awesome. It'd, it would double it, but still, somebody would tell somebody. Either way, let's jump into the first topic: Andy Ruiz Jr. <laughs> That's uh. That's a man's man, is what that's, that is. That's that's my guy right there. That's a, I feel like that is every dad bod guy's guy, because no, no question about it. He he made believers out of everybody. Look, that guy's got some quick hands. He lays down Joshua in the third round twice, and then he lays him down in the seventh round for good. It was twice again, but that's right. Man, and now did you did you watch the fight or did you just see like the nope. sequences? I saw all the, I saw all the the highlights, all the knockdowns. Um, I will tell you that DAZN had a great day, oh, and yeah. I loved that they shared this thing out like crazy. You know, we used to live in a day and age where everybody was so afraid to share their content. Even uh, even like UFC wouldn't uh, wouldn't share like the finishes. Like you couldn't yeah. see the end of the fight. They'd show you clips throughout it. But they would never share out like like how it finished. Well, and then no, they try to no. get everybody shut down that was sharing it. That's right. And yeah. then Dazone was like, "No, sir. No, sir. We're we're pumping this thing out. We're putting our logo on the bottom of it. We're telling you if you that you think this is exciting, come download Dazone, stream with us, and and check out the content we got because we're giving it to you. And I thought it was awesome. I I thought it was amazing. Oh yeah. So I, I've got Dazone for now. now I, I mean, I now I'll, got it. Yeah, I got it for this fight. That's so right. I got it for this one. I, I sat and watched the whole thing, 
And this was – it looked early on. I'll tell you where Anthony Joshua went wrong. He tried to be Deontay Wilder. And he ain't got the same kind of power that Wilder's got. But after Wilder knocked out Brazil, like last month, yeah. in that first round with that one punch, that's what Joshua was trying to do here. And Ruiz is a better boxer than Brazil was. Like oh, no that's doubt. just the way it is. So all that stuff goes on. And when Joshua couldn't get that knockout, he kind of got gassed. It looked like he didn't even really prep for this fight. Uh, see, everybody says that, man. Like, you got gassed fighting a guy that is substantially in worse shape than you. No, we're not getting, you don't get to use that as an oh, excuse. Oh, no, I, I'm with this, you. It's not an excuse. This guy, this guy he got his ass. Whipped. You know why you were tired? Because you were getting your ass whipped. That's why you got tired. Yeah, I get tired I when somebody's punching me in the face too. Like it's it's a lot harder to breathe <laughs> when somebody's beating you about the head. Okay, that's so, Ruiz is, destroyed is, him. Yeah, destroyed he just destroyed him. I mean, he beat him from from top to bottom. Here's so the one negative. I think this is great for boxing. I think it's great for the zone. I think it's great for everything about the sport. But the one negative is what this does is it shows you the two best guys that supposedly were the big heavyweights that we were waiting to fight we see how flawed the sport is still in the sense that they have been allowed to handpick, cherry-pick every opponent. They've been super careful and super cautious about how who they fight, when they fight them, and then you get a guy that can't fight, so a month out, this new guy throws in. You don't really get to handpick this guy, but you're also not really worried about him. And the one guy you didn't personally vet and select very well, no, he, carefully. He personally in. selected him too. Like that's well, the issue. He personally selected him too, but it was his second choice. Yeah, you it was a, it was a last minute kind of. You know how he got the a, fight, right? You heard how he got it. Well, what's his name? Yeah, so but uh, Instagram DM. Like, that's oh. it. Ruiz when the other guy oh, had to oh, drop how out. How he invited the guy. That's a, so. It, okay. Yeah, that's a, he. So Andy Ruiz and his manager DM'd. Uh, Eddie Hearn on Instagram and said, hey, we want the fight. Like, I just got done with this. And it, look, he's got a legit record. His oh, only no, loss legit, yeah. Yeah, that's right. was uh, was to a champion. So, right. you know, he said, I want the fight. I'll do it. I'll be there in six weeks. Like, he just fought six weeks ago. I was just about to say, he just fought six weeks ago, and he only had, yeah, six weeks to prepare and train for this one. Um, it, there's, there's no reason – one of the one of the reasons I grew up liking boxing um, when I got to watch it as I was younger, and then the older I've gotten, we've kind of gone to MMA more than boxing is. It truly is a sport where the underdog has a chance. In basketball, at no point in time will will the underdog will a team that's that's in the middle of the pack ever really win a championship. It's just never going to happen. NCAA tournament, yeah, because it's one game, right? It, that you but can see a seven seed. They hey, can't win the championship. They can make it to uh, Sweet Sixteen. You can, can see a seven it. seed like UConn make it, like and win a championship. You can see uh, Butler uh, get within a, a shot, but that's right. They you can know. all make a they can all make a run in boxing. It's not a seven game series. It's not a, a a playoff grind. It's a we're in the ring, and if you lower your hands for just a second, and I catch you with one punch. It's over. Yeah. If I catch you in, in, in MMA, if I catch you with a kick or a knee or elbow, whatever, it's lights out. Oh, yeah. Anybody really can beat anybody if you're not focused at every second of the fight. Now, I'll tell you what, what good this does for boxing, right? 
because you were talking about how they're cherry picking opponents and they're waiting and they're they just kind of keep hovering and they were trying to let the the Joshua Wilder fight simmer for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you you can't do that one because like there's significantly less money on the table now than there was. Like everybody wants that that goose egg, right? They all want that zero next to their name. That's right. But once you lose the goose egg, you got nothing to lose anymore. So maybe we can actually start getting Joshua Wilder, Joshua uh, uh, Fury, uh, another Fury Wilder, another you know all these Whatever. all this stuff right. that we want to see, right? We start getting more fights. Yeah. Here's here's what boxing really needs, and and what sucks is is like ESPN has some guys signed, and DAZN has some guys signed. We yeah, that's making it a problem. Yeah, we need some type of league to say no, 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 no. You guys are all fighting under this umbrella. Everybody. Everybody's going to make money. Everybody's going to fight. We're going to sell the TV rights. Zone can have some. ESPN can have some. NBC, whoever wants them, we'll start selling rights to. We'll pay-per-view these things. Um, but but you make – and then you make fights. You you kind of do what Dana White's done. is No, no, no. You're the best, and you're the runner-up. No, runner – yeah, you're next in line. You get a fight. And there's no backing out of it. If you back out, you give up the belt. Give me the belt, yeah. and I'm going to give well, up the and, belt. And so WBC – and uh, the WBO, WBA, all of these, like, they have their mandatory challengers. So if you don't already have something lined up that is of greater value, then they are going to make you fight these mandatory challengers, right? So, like, Dominic Brazil, he was actually a mandatory challenger. Like, that's yeah. that's how that goes. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm curious how they're going to go about this now because – that fight between Wilder and Joshua is not worth near as much as it was before. It's still a big time fight, especially I, I, if I see. And, and you're right; it's not going to get the normal eyes that maybe it wouldn't have gotten. But I think people who like boxing are still going to tune in. Like I think it's still going to be a big fight if we can see Joshua get off his butt, get in shape, and really prepare for a fight. And see, that's it. how funny is that to say? I mean, that dude looks like a, like friggin' Adonis. Right, he looks like a Greek god, and we're yeah, talking about he how really he's not does. in shape. But <laughs> oh, that's but, but insane. I, I don't know. I don't know if the guy smokes two packs a day or what, but he didn't have the lungs, yeah. man. Oh yeah, he he couldn't he, handle he it. Did, yeah, he did not have the lungs. I he will tell you this: he immediately lost the. Him. That was his first fight in America. Uh, right. The next fight between these two, they've already announced that there will be a rematch. It's either going to be in November or December, and it will be in the UK. That's right. So, of course, I find it funny that these contracts are made up to where, okay, next go round, I still get to set all the rules, even though you beat me. That's that's <laughs> like, it's it's something that bothers me greatly. You know how I feel about this. the The big boys always get to make the rules. Those who have the power make all the rules. Therefore, those who have no power get to make no rules, and they all the rules are set up to keep them from ever getting power. It's it's why I hate the NCAA, but. It's it's just it is the game that it is. If Ruiz goes there and he beats the brakes off him again, then then no one could call it a fluke. No one could call oh, it an yeah. upset. And and now power goes to Ruiz and Joshua. You're a dude. Get in line. Go fight somebody else. Whatever. But these belts are mine. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I uh, I am curious because this is what Eddie Hearn was doing, right? Like he knew Josh was pretty good. But he may not be ready for a Wilder or Fury at this point. And like I, I've always believed that that they were like dodging 
Deontay Wilder because Wilder is still on a smaller level, right? Overseas, Joshua is this massive, you know, superstar, sells out Wembley Stadium, 70,000, 80,000 seats every time he fights, but he's only had like 22 fights. Like he's, he's still really young, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Wilder, there's not, he has fought all of the best heavyweights other than like Joshua and like, he didn't get to fight Klitschko because Klitschko retired. I like it, say he retired. Yeah. So like the, he, he has fought all of the ones that are active right now. And the only one left was Fury and Joshua. It, Wilder's not ducking anybody. Like he wants the belts. He wants the zero next he's, to his name. He's been pretty comfortable. Yeah. He's been very selective on who he fights to, though. He he has been selective. And when like, he fights them, yeah. Like I I think he is. This is this is let's not let's not put it against anybody else, okay? I'm gonna put it against Joshua because the the that Wilder I mean, the, fight should have been made before. That's right. The proof is like in there now. Yeah, but I mean but, the Wilder fight should have been made. It would have been massive, absolutely. And it'll still be big, but it but won't be near what it was. Beat. Listen, this is no different than Floyd Mayweather's entire career is this. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight De La insane. Hoya until De La Hoya is 40 years old. I'm not going to fight Pacquiao until Pacquiao's 40. 40. Like, like I'm going to wait and fight all these stars. Or if you've got the young up-and-comer kids, I'm going to fight them super early. That way they haven't uh, – progress they haven't built their like like they they haven't learned all the tricks that they know yeah um haven't worked their technique out and i can beat them real quick and then say oh but, but i beat that guy and then he went on it goes on and wins 20 30 fights in a row and his only losses to me and i've got this incredible record you cherry pick when you fight who you want to fight at all times and, and i just you can hold all the belts you want you can hold all the time you can have that goose egg next to your name i just don't respect it i don't care no, it's it's tough to respect any of them. That fights anybody, gives us a good fight, isn't afraid of anyone, and they're not afraid to lose. That's fine. Sometimes losing, sometimes you walk into the ring, you get knocked out. Yeah, that's I'm I'm pumped. Like I got the zone for a month, right? It's it's a monthly thing. You can cancel right. it after whenever. But uh, but Triple G fights this weekend. Against Stephen Rolls coming up. Yeah. So and then they announced that I think they're going to do. Uh, Canelo and uh, uh, Triple G September fourteenth. If Only- you like fighting, you're gonna keep the zone. It's yeah. just it. like it's one. I don't. I don't know all the other things that are on it. But if you like boxing, you're you're keeping it because you want the content. Well, and if think, if you like boxing, you're also gonna get ESPN Plus because they got the top rank and UFC stuff. So like, that's right. You you like these uh, combat sports? The streaming apps are right there for you. I mean, that's it's exactly it's perfect. Right. All right, let's uh, let's jump off that. Let's talk about the NBA Finals for a little bit. You watched games one and two. I did. So I I went to watch Godzilla last Thursday, and I got home just in time for the second half. But now I had the whole thing DVR, and I sat up afterwards and watched all of it. Uh, but man, at, the Raptors have got to be absolutely sick that they did not get that done the other night because it, with all the injuries and all that, it, game two was ripe for the taking. Yeah, it was, but those injuries aren't changing. Those guys no. aren't. Those guys aren't coming back. I, I just don't think they are. I I know people think KD's coming back now, and this that, and another. I, I look. I I don't. I think he knows he's not going to be on this team, and so he doesn't care. 
they get a ring, he's going to get one. And if they don't, he's going to go to New York. That's just my opinion. It's my feelings. I know that Clay, Clay Thompson is like uh, uh, Bill Simmons and Joe House were talking about this after the game the other night. Uh, he's like a modern day like Brett Favre. Like, like he, oh, he tore his rotator cuff. Yeah, he's still out there. Oh, he sprained his ankle. Yeah, he's still playing. I don't know that he's going to keep going. I've never seen somebody heal from a major hamstring injury like that in three days. It wouldn't surprise me, but even if he's on the court, I don't know. This is going to be Steph Curry's Swanson. This is going to be his masterpiece. If they win this one, well, that, that's what I was going to ask be, you. Let, let me. Steph is going to be. He, this could bring him to LeBron Jordan level for for people who who are his demographic who've only watched basketball for ten years because they've only been alive for fifteen. Yeah, and 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 those people are going to say, "Man, this is something special." Now, I the the odds are that Draymond Green is actually going to end up being the the MVP, the MVP, and he has played like it. Right, I completely agree with that. Um. But now I'm I'm very curious because we you know they've got all these talented players right. Demarcus Cousins played out of his mind the other night. Um, KD might come back. Clay Thompson we don't know. Andre Iguodala you know had an injury in game one but looked good last game. You know do they need like could they just put a bunch of bums around Draymond and Steph and be good? I don't know if they could put bums, but they could just put role players that don't have to dominate the game and can halfway play defense. I like I think, think I think you could trade uh Toronto's bench for you know the guys that are injured and like the Warriors Maybe. would still be dominant. Like Maybe. I think I think it is Steph and Draymond and, and it somebody doesn't has matter. to step up for Toronto outside of Kawhi. It's just somebody has to. Well, Kyle Lowry Steve, has got to he's got to score oh, and he's got to quit playing stupid. I was gonna say he's he's wor- he's literally I would say he's worthless. He's actually actively harmful right now. Yeah. Um Siakam, first game, we didn't talk about that and you weren't on to talk about it afterwards. Yep. Whatever. That dude, that game, that was special. That was that was one of the most impressive performances I've seen by a guy that's just, you know, he's a dude, he's an NBA player, he's good. People in the league know who he is. But and he's had 30 point games in playoffs this year so far. I didn't see I didn't see him doing what he did in game one. He dominated that game. He broke the will and the spirit in the third quarter when though Golden State normally just does what they do, which is this is where we take over. This is where we go on 15, 20-point runs. You can't stop us. And and we're just – something happens on defense and you just don't score anymore. And Siakam was like, look, I can't stop you from scoring. They caught up a lot. But every time down when they needed a basket, he was there to get it. Yeah. He was there to get it over and over and over again. And somebody has to take that rollover at least one of these games in Golden State. Yeah. Kawhi cannot do it by himself. Now, I, and he's I, hurt as well. Yeah, he's hurt as well. Like, can uh, Do you think that the Raptors can pull out a win in Oracle, or is this thing done? No, I absolutely think they can win one of these two games. And and once again, my mentality is, though, is I don't think we're seeing KD. So that's, that's just it. I just now they, they said he's coming back in game four, uh, or it looks like it. to come back. Yeah. Looking like it. I'm telling you, man. I be, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. If if they win game three, I think maybe he doesn't show up game four. Maybe. But if they lose game three, the problem is is that's his decision to make. It's not the team's. It's not Kerr's. It's not anybody else's. 
Yeah, it's just up to him. It's up to him. No, I'm I'm with you. I I think like I like what I've seen from the Raptors. They have it, it they've got to be able to score, right? They have these games where they cannot hit the broadside of a barn and it was awful. It dri- Game two that, was awful. That third quarter drove me nuts. They were up by 12 points late in the second quarter and the Warriors get it down to 5. And then they go on between the the second and third quarter. It was like a twenty to nothing run. Yeah, it's it just ridiculous. So, all right, you you brought that up for four years now, at least four. It might be five years now. We've watched the Warriors do this. They five lead years. the world. They lead the world in third third quarter domination. Okay, yeah. like it's not close how much they outscore teams in the third quarter. At some point in time, do we have any kind of footage whatsoever to say, hey? When we come out after halftime, they do something defensively totally different than what they've been doing the first two quarters. So we need to completely change our offense. You can't say, oh, we're up by 12, so what we're doing works. When you have this book that tells you the way they guard at you in the first two in the in the first two quarters is not going to be how they're going to come out. Literally, Kerr is doing Bill Belichick stuff back there. They're getting into halftime. They're seeing the offense that you're running. And if you come out and try to run that same offense, they're going to shut you down. And they've done it for four or five years. Yeah, their their defense is awesome in the third quarter. Not smart enough to say, I got a 12 point lead, but we got to change what we're doing. Because if we come out doing the same stuff that got us a 12 point lead, we're going to lose. They're going to catch up. It's what they do. Now, but here's the thing they did the same thing in game one and were able to hold the lead. Right? They're only able to hold because Siakam kept scoring. Yeah, they couldn't stop him, and and that's that's it. The problem is, is you got if that person's not going to step up and do that, you you and you still should change whatever you're doing. At least defensively, know they're going to come out totally different offensively. Yeah. So I, I just be prepared for anything and don't fall into the well. Whatever worked in the first half will work in the second half because we got five years, not five games, not five weeks, five, five years. years of tape to say they dominate third quarters. So I have to be prepared for something different. Yeah, no, I'm I, I totally agree with you, and I don't know what that is. I, I'm not a basketball expert. Well, the the other side of this is it, look, it it definitely hurts you even more so when you can't make anything on the other end. That's it, and with Kawhi. Uh, being injured, they need another person to be able to go and get a basket, right? Whether That's it's going why game to, one mattered is Siakam yeah. was able to keep scoring. Even though they brought the game back tight, when they needed the big basket, Siakam was able to score. If anybody can do that, if anybody can help out, then then that will keep those leads from shrinking to nothing. Uh, the reason game one, so Siakam in game one was great, but also Marc Gasol hit oh, a no. few shots yeah. early. I mean, he had no, 20 Mark points was- for the game. Mark was fantastic in that game. But in game Mark two, was fantastic. Game two, Mark misses his first two shots, and then he doesn't shoot again until like the third quarter. I mean, he was so, he was a liability in game two. Yeah, I mean, he and was, that's they would have been better if he wasn't on the court, and that sucks. That's what Grizzlies you know fans screamed for years, right? That's it, Mark Gasol. They needed him to be the best player on the team. He is much more comfortable with being in a reserve role. That's right. And he's always been like that. He'd, he'd much rather just be like the the secondary option. That's and, right. and here he could be the third option. Exactly. If Lowry could get out of his ass, he could be the fourth option. And well, Now, Fred Van Fleet. Like, now, Van Fleet's played ooh, a great game. Man, that guy I was mean, unbelievable. 
he's, he's had three or four big games because those last couple of games against uh, Milwaukee were. Yeah, he was on out there. Pretty good too. He yeah. he was on so another dude, level. That dude has made a name for himself. Oh, absolutely. Hey, you know it's crazy to think about. Like he was on that Final Four team for Wichita State. I know, but I know. he uh, but he went undrafted. And uh, then, what's it, call it? Uh, Ah, uh, not Dan Wetzel. Pat Forty. Pat Forty wrote an article about this, talking about how I watched this guy in the Final Four. I was completely and utterly blown away that he got like undrafted. Yeah, I know this kid can play. Just give him, give him minutes, give him a chance, give him an opportunity. Oh yeah, he's I made a name for himself in Toronto. This is not new, and he's finally had an opportunity on a big stage. Now you got that right. All right, so game three in that series is on Wednesday, so that's tomorrow night. I'm, I'll talk about some picks and whatnot uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's move on to topic number three. Gerald McCoy signs with the Carolina Panthers. Now, Bruce Arians came out. He said uh, he's not as disruptive as he used to be. The Bucks gave his number 93 jersey to their new signee, Indomitian Sioux. Uh, all, all this stuff came out, and, of course, he said, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing Tampa Bay two times a year. Like, of, of course I am. Like, what kind of player would I be if I wasn't? Baker Mayfield came out and kind of – he didn't talk trash, but he just said, you're either with us or, or you're against us. Yeah, he, but, he he did the road show where he went to Baltimore and he went to Cleveland and, and he finally ended up signing with the Panthers. Um, he and, wanted and, uh, he wanted in the division. He wanted to get back at Tampa Bay. Now, does this help out the Panthers? Like, we, we talked a little bit about his numbers. Uh, he only had 28 tackles, and that's uh, solo and assisted – Last year, he uh, he only had six tackles for loss, only 21 quarterback hits, uh, six sacks, uh, which was his lowest since. Uh, well, so he's gone down drastically since 2013. I was just about to department. say he he had when he was when he was young, he he was a monster. Yeah. And ever since then, he's kind of a name and a face and a likable guy, and he smiles and he laughs and he jokes, but he. But he just doesn't seem to play hard. The the stigma and the knock on him that that people from the Bucks talk about are he he really 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 liked being an NFL player. He he liked getting paid. He kind of could care less if they won or lost. And and Arians got that feeling. And and Todd Bowles same thing. And they were like, we I'd rather have somebody less talented but wants to win. Yeah. And I think they got somebody more talented. And that guy takes plays off too, but the the, the plays he takes on, he, he he's much more disruptive. You know who he reminds you know who Sue reminds me the most of. Now he's not as good as this person was at what they did, but he's like the defensive lineman of Randy Moss. Like Moss took plays off all the time, but he, but he knew he, when to get after it. But when he took one on, nobody in the world could stop him. I, you might be right about that. I mean, he, he's not going to be – Randy Moss, in my opinion, is the second-best wide receiver the world has ever seen, and that's only because the the numbers Jerry Rice put up just blow me away to this day when I go back and look at them in a world in which they didn't throw the football all over the field. Um, but, and Dominican yeah. Sue is one of the smartest guys. Oh, oh like, yeah. Maybe ever. His his one-year deals here recently yeah. are, are – Pretty smart financially, right? That's he's, on himself. Well, and, and remember, he's the one that went to uh, to Warren Buffett and right. wanted the information on like, how do I keep this money growing even when I'm done playing? 
Yeah, you know, he's, and, he's a Nebraska guy. Warren's yeah. a Nebraska guy, and they got that tie. But but you're right. He He's super smart. And, you know, the taking the plays off thing almost doesn't bother me. He's a huge soccer fan, which is one of the reasons he he's so disruptive in football is because he has great footwork. Yeah. Like, the guy played soccer all through high school. Could you imagine? A 300 he wasn't goalie. Soccer. Like, could you imagine him coming at you, like, dribbling the ball? Oh, like, Lord. Oh, God, that's a big man with big feet. Um, but, but no, he's, I, I mean, that's a soccer thing. Like, Hey, uh, we're going to kick the ball around the corner because we've been running for a while. Let me take a break. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now we're all going to run together. Um, you know, he'd take two, three plays off, hope that they don't come his way. And then, uh, and then he says, all right, I'm going to get the next two sacks. Boom. Done. Tackle for a loss. Bam. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. What I, do you think about Gerald McCoy at, at Carolina? Are they better with him? Does I think they drastically change that defense. They really needed some help. I don't know that this was the right way to go, but they like they brought in some younger guys, and this is more of like a veteran that will play this year. I mean, it's only a one year contract, right? Yeah, that's right. So well, yeah, that's all. But all these older guys, that's all they're getting. Yeah, that's all they're it's, getting. In the so end. it's a one year deal, and he can kind of mentor the younger guys while he's playing. Like, basically, he plays, and they sit up there and watch him, and uh, this is how it's supposed to be done, right? But I I think he does have a little fire left. Like, I think he needed something to motivate him. Probably. And this – because at Tampa Bay, he had nothing to play for for years. Oh, no, and that's absolutely right. You know, it's difficult to get yourself motivated. And Carolina, you know, that's a borderline playoff team – they made the playoffs two years ago. They they got a chance to be pretty good. Correct. Um, if he's got something to play for, I think he I think he's still got plenty in the tank. I mean, he's. I, I would. Let's I see. would like to see him. Get he was drafted in twenty ten, so yeah. he's he's just now thirty years old. So he's still well, got yeah, stuff and, left. Him and Sue came in the same draft. Yeah. The same. Yeah. That was the same. That was it. They were and they were the two big stars of that draft. Um, Sam Bradford went one, I think, and then those two guys went next. Yep. Um. There's no quarterback on earth I want to see him just destroy more than Jameis Winston. That's that's just. I knew that like we were going to get to that the, point. The only reason, the only reason I'm in on this is because he's real fired up to play the Bucks. Good, good, because there's nobody that deserves to get hit in the mouth more than Jameis Winston. Yep, I think that'll I agree me, with you. That'll make me happy. He's not the guy I would want to bring in to groom my young guys. I'll be like, hey. Don't worry. Listen to the coaches while he's on the field. Don't just don't don't worry about him. He's a super nice guy, super likable. I think people love him. He's funny. He seems to be joking and, and have a positive attitude. But he doesn't have that. I just never see that killer instinct in him when he's on the field. I yeah. just I've just never seen that. Hey, our our buddy Kenneth jumps in. He said, "What's up, guys, on YouTube? We appreciate y'all for watching on YouTube. We appreciate yeah, you man. watching on all these apps, by the way. Come on. And so we uh, but, uh we appreciate you commenting in." But yeah, Gerald McCoy. Uh, yeah, I think I think this gives him a little fire. I think uh, the Panthers signing this was kind of revenge. He he knows that division, so of course he's going to feel more comfortable there. Um, and I mean, he's played the Panthers twice every year. He knows kind of how that that organization is run. Uh, I think it's a good fit. I think this will be good for him. It'll be good for them. And then we'll see what he ends up doing it the next year. It probably is. So Mike Lombardi would call this a um, a progress stopper, though. 
So like Bill, Bill and, and he gets this from Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells always hated bringing in older veterans, um, whatever, because he said, we got young guys. And, and young guys are only going to get better if they need to play and and put them in high competition situations. And then you bring in this veteran, and yeah, because of his contract and because of who he is, we got to put him on the field. Now these young guys who are making progress every year, every week, getting better, we got to kind of ho-hum to the, to the veteran. And all of a sudden these young guys who were doing great start kind of falling away, slipping not trying hard because they know they've lost their starting spot. They don't have that fight like they had when they were competing against one another. And, and there's, there's that level. If you say, if you, if you look at guys that, that have come under the Parcells tree, your Belichick's Mike Zimmer does this. Um, just uh, uh, Sean Payton does this a lot. They, they just, they steer away from bringing in the veterans. If they have young guys at that position that they're trying to groom, they don't need the veteran to groom them. They need that guy to learn to be who he's going to be you know, playing under them. Yeah. Now, uh, Brian Burns, is that was their first-round draft pick, you know, yep. defensive end out of Florida State. It's not the exact same position, but you bring in somebody like Gerald McCoy, and it's somebody to somewhat mentor the kid, like tell him, hey, this is how this is how we're doing things. And I, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move. Okay. It'll be, it'll be fine. It's, I understand the progress stopper. Uh, idea, but I don't think that the Panthers were good enough with these younger kids that it warranted not signing this guy that can be a a reserve, right? Be, being a Browns fan, I'm I'm glad he didn't sign with Cleveland, and I wasn't afraid of him signing in Baltimore. That that's just how I felt. That makes I sense. could be completely wrong on that. He might wreck the league this year. He might be the old Gerald McCoy from his first couple of years when he was young. Had speed, had power, had had motivation to to get after it because he needed that big contract, and 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 I might be proven wrong, but I I'm glad he wasn't on the Cleveland because Cleveland does have a bunch of young guys that I don't want to see their progress stop, and I also uh, didn't want um, I, I wasn't afraid of him going to Baltimore. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's talk about the last topic for the day. Habib Nurmagomedov is back September seventh, UFC two forty two. In Abu Dhabi against Dustin Poirier, uh, or Poirier, however you want to say it, uh, light lightweight championship. I'm excited about it. Uh, they said that Habib has got a a new fat contract. Do you think Habib is worth the contract? He's only as good as the people he can fight. Like if he fights guys and just beats the brakes off of them real fast, and they're not good fights. Then, then he's not a star. It's not fun to watch, and people are going to quit watching his fights. Well, and he said if, he's not fighting in Vegas anymore. So, you really need, why is that though? Uh, he he thinks that they did him wrong. Yeah, they did him wrong. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like this is ridiculous. So, like yeah. he'll he'll still fight in New York. He'll fight, you know, in uh, in L. A. I don't really care where he fights, but it just take his contract is only going to be as good as the people he fights. If if he could ever get McGregor in, involved in something again, then, see, then he's not interested in fighting McGregor, and that's what makes it so weird to me. Is he good enough on his own without McGregor? It, did he make enough of a name for himself with all this mess? That people are going to want to pay for his fights. Well, I don't and think so. I don't I, think I don't so think either. The casual public knows who he is whatsoever. 
Um, and and the uh, the other thing is, is once again, if he can have some great epic fights that that he gets to showcase himself in, but but it's just a really good overall fight, then then yeah, you can absolutely make a name for yourself and and come up the ranks. The problem is, is I don't know what those guys look like in UFC. It's I mean between Tony Ferguson and uh, Cowboy Cerrone. You know, you're you're gonna need some names that that mainstream people tend to know, and there's not a ton of them, right? No. But on top it. of that, you're gonna have to be a fun fight to watch. Like that's, people love McGregor because he stands up and strikes. He's he's a boxer in an MMA ring. Like he would stand up and strike. He would drop his hands and like taunt you. Like he he understood the art of putting on a show. Yeah, people love it. He he got that this is an entertainment. And so let's talk about McGregor then, because it, neither one of them has fought since October sixth, two thousand eighteen. I was about to say it's been a while. It, it's been it's been a little while, and nothing has been announced for McGregor. Obviously, he's got his proper twelve whiskey and everything. He doesn't really need this anymore, but he claims that he wants to fight. Like he retired, but then he's still training and and working out. He's every other day. It seems like he's getting on and and. You know, challenging somebody. So, like, he challenged Mayweather to a rematch. Uh, called him, like, Juan Manuel Mayweather. <laughs> like, just ridiculous, right? So, I'm not sure what, like, it, what is the UFC worth if if they don't have McGregor and if their biggest star is a guy that specializes in wrestling? Like, is boxing, is boxing in contention to possibly overtake them with these big names like Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence Jr., uh, you know, all these other, you know, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. Even with the loss, oh, yeah. Joshua is still like a huge star. Well, right now, like, listen, Anthony Ruiz in America is a huge star. Right now, he's yeah. He's, he's every American's, like, hero, correct, right yes. now. That's just, that's just it. Every, every guy watching this stuff, unless you're, like, a legit boxer – like you're you're watching it saying, man, I'm I'm with that guy. I'm with that guy. Come on, let's go. Let's beat him again. There was let's an MMA guy, guy just like this, but you remember Roy Nelson? That's it. Roy Nelson had like really long brunette hair, but was just a fat dude. But he whooped up on people in the in, in the octagon. Now he ended yeah. up getting beat a few times. Yeah, but that happens. Man, he he was on like a, a winning streak early on. He was in uh, the Ultimate Fighter. But he he won I think like oh, okay. his first ten matches. I know exactly so, what you're talking. About. Yeah, it mean, was on what, the year the Kimbo Slice was on. Uh, is that right? I think so. It might there be. Was big, there but, was a big fat guy that fought Kimbo several times and, and beat him. Yeah, Roy times. Nelson was awesome, just awesome. Um, but yeah, this I mean, and, and he stayed around for forever. Like yeah. oh, his nickname was Big Country. That was it. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, he uh let's see, I'm looking him up right now. He uh he started out, let's see, six and zero. then he gets to the UFC. Um then he beat uh he beat Brendan Schaub like in the Ultimate Fighter Heavyweights finale. Mm -hmm. So he beats Brendan Schaub, he beats uh Stefan Struve, and then he loses to Junior Dos Santos, loses to Frank Mir. But then he beats Mirko Krokop, who at the time, and back in 2011, was like big, big, big name. 
Um, but man, I mean, he fought forever, like all the way up until Lord. He had a fight in February this year with Bellator, so oh, he's Lord. he's still doing it. But um, but yeah, he, it's like the American dream. It's like I want to go eat McDonald's and Burger King every day and still be able to fight. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So Andy Ruiz, he's got like some major marketing uh, opportunities here. So you, you, you and me and our boys from Westlot, we're on a group text, and I fully believe our our country needs somebody to help bring us all together. Right now, immigration's a hot topic. I think this is the guy that that is right up Trump's alley to say, <laughs> you know what, we're gonna bring, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna ease some pain between the Mexican Americans and 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 the Trump people, and we're gonna bring us all together. You know, he's gonna love the McDonald's at the White House that Trump's gonna serve him. This is this is what yep. I think. I think this guy can help heal America. Uh, you're I probably do. right. Just bring us all together, man. You are probably right. This is the guy. <laughs> It'd be awesome. All right. So, but answer answer the question then: Is boxing in a position to be able to take over UFC? But my only hesitation is because there's no one league like UFC that can that can actually make fights happen. Well, that's, even that's UFC like, has had trouble making the fights happen. Well, I, oh, I completely agree with that. But at least they have control over these guys. It's not like they can just go fight for somebody else or whatever. True. Um, you, you don't have stars joining other leagues. That's the issue. But I like where boxing's at right now. I really wish there was some way that ESPN and DAZN could just merge, and, or, or at least say we're gonna we're gonna let our fighters fight with you and your fighters fight with us, and and every fight you get, we get one back. Somehow, or or make it where it, now a lot of these are going to end up being pay per views. That's right. But like Joshua, it like so Anthony or uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is not signed with anybody. He's like That's a right. premier boxing guy. So it's it's he's got a loose deal with Showtime, but it's you know he can still go do whatever he wants to. You well, got to find a way to make sure these guys, no matter who their deal is with. We can still get the fights we want. They're yeah. all in it to make the sport better, and they understand that instead of getting all the money for this fight, I only get half of it. That that's better for everybody. It's better for the game. It's better for the sport. Now, and if if uh, uh, if Tyson Fury ends up beating Deontay Wilder, then you're going to see exactly how this thing is going to work. Because if you end up with a Joshua Fury fight. Uh, then you have DAZN and ESPN. And those are the only two that it's going to make like a huge difference. That's right. It's like if if we are ever going to get a Fury-Joshua fight, that's where the problem arises. Because Wilder can go to DAZN or he can go to ESPN. Yeah, he can go to either one he wants. Either right one. Now. So on ESPN, it, it's top rank, but it's the same that's thing. Right. So that's ESPN Plus is getting in the pay-per-view business. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen that. Like at UFC and, and whatnot, they're doing some of their pay-per-views on ESPN Plus. And uh, some of the top rank stuff is going to be on there as well. So, another way for ESPN to make uh, a few more dollars uh, since they are losing subscribers at an alarmingly high rate. Well, they but, paid uh, like a billion bucks for USC. Yeah, I mean they paid a lot, so you might as well take advantage, right? And so yeah. I haven't even seen. I, I guess the Amazon deal is still on for UFC, right? I have no idea about that. Like Amazon was was doing the pay per view stuff for them. Along with like the UFC uh, app or whatever, the fight app, well, and they then doing them for ESPN and US and Amazon. 
that's I think I mean I could I could see that happening, but yeah, it was just another way for people to be able to actually order UFC fights because of so many people that are cutting the cord. Yeah, like then you couldn't get the pay per views without having cable, right? Well, now it's easier to get the streaming stuff done. So, yeah, it's a uh, e- easy way for people to get these UFC fights. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to hell. Two thirty eight is coming up soon, and I don't even know what the date is. But Tony Ferguson and uh, Cowboy Cerrone are fighting, and that'd I am that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm stoked about that. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. As always, go over to betnow.eu. Use promo code WINNING50. You'll get a 50% deposit bonus. Uh, Share out the show for us. All of that wonderful stuff. We will be back again tomorrow. Thank you all for coming in. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.